Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Welcome to the This is Up to Date from Championship City. We're witnessing NFL greatness, and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are both saying the team is not done yet. Now a conversation about what happened yesterday and how the Chiefs pulled off what is going to go down in history as a magnificent win. With us again this morning, Patrick Allen is co-host of the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Patrick, always great to have you here. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Greg Eklund is a KCUR sports contributor. Greg, always good to have you, too. It's a great morning, Steve. Just how big a win was this, Greg? Huge. My gosh. Dramatic. It had uh, all the makings of, um, you know, just drama all the way through. You didn't know if this team was going to find itself. They they climbed back in it. Uh, regulation ends in a tie. It was going to come down to one play in overtime, and what a finish. Boy. Patrick, you know, I was thinking midway through this game that if the team managed to pull this one off, it deserves every good thing in the world. This was an epic battle, at least from my standpoint, in every sense of the word. How did you see it? Yeah, you know, I thought the game was actually a perfect microcosm for how the Chiefs' season went. It didn't start out very well the Chiefs looked overmatched you didn't think that they were going to be able to pull it off and then somehow out of smoke mirrors thin air mainly Patrick Mahomes they found a way to get the win in overtime and really define I think some legacies for some people on this team Greg you really did get the sense the 49ers at least in that first half were bringing everything they had to win this game and still it wasn't enough you know everybody was talking about Brock Purdy during the week and um, I mean he he was a, a quarterback. I mean, he made some great throws, but uh, he was obviously up against uh, the greatest quarterback of the league, uh, and, and it was uh, an overmatch there. But on the defensive side, the Chiefs' defense uh, held itself together as it had all season long, but what had not been talked about enough, I think, during the week was the 49ers' defense. They really brought the heat on Mahomes, and And uh, there were a few plays uh, where he himself escaped uh, from their grasp. But uh, the 49ers defense was really tough. You know, Patrick, Coach uh, Bill Cower said after the game that the 49ers didn't lose this game. Patrick Mahomes won it. Do you buy that? Yeah, I do. Look, I think top to bottom, the 49ers have a better and more talented roster than the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Kansas City Chiefs have, where it counts, some of the most important elements in this game. They've got the best coach. They've got the best quarterback. 
and they had the better defense. But in the end, it really feels a lot like Michael Jordan in the 90s, where you had all these really great teams and guys like Reggie Miller and Charles Barkley and Carl Malone. And in the end, sort of the final boss was Michael Jordan. And you had these great players, but their era was defined by Jordan taking the championship from them. And that's what we're seeing now with Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. Greg, uh, is Patrick Mahomes uh, the NFL version of Michael Jordan? I, I think that's a great analogy um, because uh, he is one who not only has the skills on the field but has the leadership qualities, and he has uh, a running mate with Travis Kelsey who also has some outstanding uh, leadership qualities. On the defensive side, Chris Jones, I don't know if he's going to be around next year or not, but, um, but Chris Jones on the defensive side, I think, uh, is a more quiet leader, but uh, they know him in the locker room. We'll talk about whether Chris Jones will be around or not in just a few minutes uh, for next season. You know, Patrick, talk for a moment about how hard it is to go back to back like this, because as Travis Kelsey said last night, the team had a giant target on its back all season long in every game that it played. Oh, it's incredibly difficult, especially in the NFL. It's only been done a few times. I think it's been a little over 20 years since the Patriots went back to back. This is just not something that happens very commonly in the NFL. And what I think is really impressive about this chief is that they find a way. I mean, nobody could blame them if they looked at this season and said, eh, you know, we're just not good enough. We've got some issues. This isn't our year. And they had an exit. Instead, they regrouped and found a way to win another Super Bowl. And I just don't know how, it, it really is a, a tribute to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and their leadership that they're able to maintain this level of intensity year in and year out when it's just such an exhaustingly long season. Wow. These guys aren't just trying to win Super Bowls. They're trying to cement legacies, and I think they really did it last night. You know, Greg, it also is not lost on me what a difficult road this team had to even get to the Super Bowl. I mean, let's not forget frigid cold against Miami, on the road against Buffalo, on the road to play Baltimore. Easily, what, the toughest path this team has faced to win a Super Bowl in the Mahomes era? No question about that, and and that's why uh, this achievement uh, – is the greatest of the three Super Bowls that has been won in the Mahomes era. Uh, he did it uh, under circumstances where the Chiefs were regarded as the underdog team in each of those playoff games, even when they were at home against Miami. Wow. But uh, somehow they prevailed and found a way. You know, Patrick, can they do it again next year? I'm, I, again, it's not lost on me that even in the, 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 the heat of the moment last night as the team was celebrating the Super Bowl, Mahomes and Kelsey, Kelsey both saying they're going to win it again next year. They absolutely can. I, I honestly think they might be better next season. They're obviously yeah. going to address the deficiencies that they have at wide receiver. And if you look at the season, they went through arguably the four best teams in the NFL over the course yes. of the season in Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco, all due respect to the Lions and the Cowboys. It was an incredibly hard road, by far the hardest road that the Chiefs have had to win a Super Bowl. And it was by far their worst team, their worst offense. Uh, it's just absolutely unbelievable. So, you know, if you were sitting there at halftime and seeing the Chiefs down 10 and thinking that they had no chance to win, you're crazy. Uh, you can never count these guys out, especially with Patrick Mahomes. Well, let's stay with this idea for a moment, Greg, because you do begin to wonder in the wake of the game. I know it. we just 
The game was just last night, but if they can keep this team together again next year or not, help me here. Chris Jones is a free agent, and he's so important to this team. The Jarius Sneed, the great cornerback, I believe he's a free agent. So some big decisions are ahead here, Greg? Well, I, absolutely, but and, and that's the era of uh, the parity because of the salary cap. They're not going to be able to keep all those guys because they – uh, are not going to be able to uh, be in a position to pay all of them for what they deserve. Uh, so they will go out. They'll they'll um, find some contracts elsewhere, and, and uh, they'll be set for the rest of their lives. But uh, it, you have to wonder. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, for one, was one who had actually taken a team-friendly contract for the Chiefs to allow themselves to, to, to keep some of those key pieces around him because he knew that it wasn't just him, but it was some of those important ingredients around him that were important enough for him to be making a drive to the Super Bowl. Well, let me just, uh, to be clear, Greg, is Chris Jones likely gone uh, after this season? I, I think so. I don't think because of the, uh, the range that they were talking about uh, his, uh, you know, what he ultimately wants, I don't think that's in the neighborhood of what the Chiefs can pay him. And then you have Dejarius Sneed. Uh, they would want to keep him, so maybe some of the Chris Jones money goes to Sneed, Greg? That, that's possible, yes, because you're still going to have to have uh, a leader on defense. Now, Dejarius Sneed is, a, is more of a quiet guy. He's not really a vocal leader, but he's shown this season that he's one of the best corners. I don't know why he wasn't picked for a Pro Bowl, but uh, he is one of the best corners in the league. And I think uh, he'll probably get some of that money, too. Uh, Patrick Allen, any question that Coach Reed is back again next year? No, I believe uh, both Coach Reed and Travis Kelsey said after the game that they plan to come back next year. I know there have been some some rumors and reports swirling that, that the Chiefs might be preparing for a potential Andy Reed departure at some point. I, you know, I just look at it and you see a guy like Andy Reed who coached so successfully for so many years in Philadelphia and wasn't able to get over the Super Bowl hump. And then he comes to Kansas City. And if you're a guy like Andy Reid, you're an offensive coach. You're this offensive guru, this wizard. And you've been waiting for a guy like Patrick Mahomes your entire career. Um, so I would not take retirement lightly if I was in Andy Reid's position, if I still had the drive and love to coach the game of football. It sure seemed like he was having a good time with those guys over there on that sideline after the win. I think he'll be back. And again, we, we've been talking about legacies on this call. He has a chance to move up the ranks. He already has and, and maybe challenge Bill Belichick to be considered the best coach of all time. Wow. Well, Greg Eklund, uh, speaking of Andy Reid, he said it last night. The defense was extraordinary in yesterday's Super Bowl. I mean, it really was. What stood out to you about the way that unit played? Um, they uh, gang tackled. It wasn't just one guy making uh, the, uh, a tackle. They were around the football, and uh, it was one of those bend but don't break kind of situations. Mm -hmm. The 49ers moved the ball, but they really didn't. They either hurt themselves when the Chiefs caused a fumble and, and caused a turnover, or they settled for field goals. And then you can't, uh, you can't put aside the efforts of the special teams, too. I mean, that game doesn't go to overtime if uh, the 49ers make an extra point. So uh, the defense and the special teams were huge last night. Huh. 
What also strikes me as interesting, Patrick, is the team has won it all, a Super Bowl with a great offense. Now they've won it with a great defense. I mean, that kind of versatility is a little unusual, isn't it? It, it is uh, if, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I think that he's, he's the great connector in all this. I actually tweeted something about this last night, which is that Patrick Mahomes has proven he can beat you any which way he needs to. He can do it with a, a downfield explosive offense. He can do it like he did last year with a ruthlessly efficient, you know, uh, offense that moves the ball and controls the clock. Uh, and then he can do it with a kind of bumbling, mistake-prone, plotting offense that they had this year, as long as he's got an elite defense. And we saw him change his style of play throughout the course of the season when he realized the offense just wasn't going to be maybe what they had hoped at the beginning of the season. And so what he needed to do was take care of the football, let the defense, mm. like not put the defense in bad positions, which he was doing earlier in the season, right. allow the defense to keep the team close and know, hey, I'm Patrick Mahomes. If I've got the ball at the end of the game, I can get the job done. Greg, outside of Patrick Mahomes, who was the player of the game last night? I think Chris Jones on defense because uh, he was yeah. the centerpiece of everything and putting a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy. Uh, Patrick, who was your player of the game outside of a quarterback? Uh, I'm going to say Harrison Butker. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. easy to, to forget about him, but he has made so many big kicks for this team in so many big spots, and they needed him last night. He was perfect, like he was all season long, and a big reason they're hoisting the Lombardi is because of that kicker. We sort of take him for granted, Patrick, don't we? Oh, 100%. I think last year you know, he was dealing with some injuries, and that sort of changed. Uh, you know, He missed a lot of kicks last year. Yeah, it was very he was, uncharacteristic he was hurt. Yeah. of him. He's yeah, he's one of the best kickers this league has ever seen. He's he's very consistent. Um, and this year, I think he reminded Chiefs fans and, and the rest of the NFL how good he really is. Just big kicks, big leg, and um, he's he's nails when it's uh, when it's when it's down to the wire. You know, there was another interesting storyline last night, Greg, with McCole Hardman. Again, he catches the winning touchdown pass. He's a one-time Chief. He became a New York Jet who let him go this season. Then he returns to the Chiefs and then winds up winning the world championship for his former team, who is now his current team. You can't make this stuff up. Um, how about that? That's a <laughs> great storyline. Man, uh, yeah, because you knew because of his speed that, he had the tools, uh, and, and we've seen some situations, even in the playoffs, where he fumbled the ball twice in an untimely situation, once near the goal line. Right. Yes, he, uh, he comes through when they needed it most, uh, and, and, and that's the way, um, the, you know, that's what was exemplified this season was how Mahomes kept the faith in those guys like Hardman because Justin Watson had a dropped pass last night, but he went to him later in the game, and he caught some key passes later in the game. So McColl, of course, was the, the was the big one. That's the one that's most memorable. But it was, uh, a, a, in another way, a microcosm of the season. Patrick Allen, I just got to ask, did you have any doubts deep inside last night, maybe midway through the first half or uh, even at halftime, whether this game was going to go the Chiefs' way or not? Oh, certainly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I, I kept reminding myself when I had those feelings that every time I've counted the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes out, they've made me look foolish almost every time. And so, you know, I think I, I saw the stat this morning. Patrick Mahomes has more double-digit Super Bowl come-from-behind victories than any quarterback 
in the history of the NFL. I believe he has three. Tom Brady has two. All other quarterbacks, including Brady, have four. It's um, it's outrageous what he's done. And so when I watch these guys play, I just assume that until the clock hits zero, if it's within one score, Patrick Mahomes has a chance to win. You know, there is a lot of yak in the sports journalism kingdom this morning here, Greg Eklund, that, you know, is Patrick Mahomes the greatest quarterback of all time? It still strikes me as a little bit premature given Tom Brady's, you know, incredible record. But am I missing something there? No, I, I mean, he's in the discussion, but there's still a lot to be written. Um, I mean, we saw a, a sampling of Joe Montana and how great he was even at the end of his career. I mean, he was in his prime, outstanding, and one of the best of all time for the San Francisco 49ers. But he got the Chiefs at uh, almost 40 uh, to the AFC Championship game. And so um, P- Patrick Mahomes still has uh, a lot to write in regards to his story, but he certainly put himself in the discussion right now. Wow, that's really interesting. Well, it was uh, it was a night, and uh, I think the whole city was just holding its collective breath. What a great time it was, though. I want to thank uh, Greg Eklund. You just heard his voice. He's a KCUR sports contributor. Patrick Allen, co-host of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Gentlemen, great analysis. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you soon. You're welcome. Thank you. You got to fight! This is Up to Date from Championship City. Well, we did it again, Kansas City. The Chiefs just won their third Super Bowl in five years, and now it's time to celebrate this Wednesday, February 14th, which, of course, is Valentine's Day. There's going to be a victory parade in downtown Kansas City. Here to t- uh, fill us in on the details for what's sure to be an epic time in, in the city is city manager Brian Platt, who joins us this morning from the airport on his way back home from uh, back, back to Kansas City from uh, Las Vegas. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. What a wonderful morning it is for us nope. here. Where did you watch the game last night, Brian? I was at the stadium at the Super Bowl. Oh, it was good such a you. magical, wild moment. Yeah. How much fun was that? It was so fun. There were so many people coming from Kansas City uh, on on all of the flights were full of people wearing red. Uh, the whole city of Las Vegas was full of of uh, people from our neighborhoods there just to be with the Chiefs and support them. It was amazing. What what a what a truly amazing experience it was. So the big parade is Wednesday. What time are things going to get kicked off uh, that morning? Yeah, our parade starts at 11 a.m. It's a little bit shorter this year of a route. It starts at 6th and Grand, and it still goes to Union Station where the rally is. The parade's going to be about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, the rally will start around 12.45, and uh, and it's the same as last year. I mean, it's funny that we've got this blueprint that we just know what to do and, <laughs> and can pull from, from from recent history here. Well, to hear Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey last night, you better hang on to those plans because we might be back here again next year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's looking like it won't be nearly as cold as it was last year. Any sense yet? How many people do you expect at this thing? Are we going to have more people this year than last year? Absolutely. The Taylor Swift effect is going to drive so many more people there just to if they think that they can get a, a, a glimpse of her. And we don't know. We don't know for sure where she's going to be, if she's even going to be in town. But uh, there's always that possibility. 
and it's just going to drive a lot of people there. I mean, can I ask, do you want her there or does it make you nervous that someone with a star that bright might actually show up? Look, we want everyone and everybody to be uh, at this parade. But, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a whole second level of security issues that we'd have to deal with with the crowds and, and, and all that sort of thing. So we are more than ready. We have no concerns with our safety protocols and what we're doing to make sure that the route will be uh, free of any issues and that everyone will be safe and have a great time. Uh, but there's always those other issues with having so many more people from the town. Is there any sense that the police t- department might go to Taylor Swift and say, we love you. We're so glad you're part of uh, Chief's Kingdom, but it's just going to be too much for our security people to handle. You know, I can't confirm or deny, but we might have already told that to her team uh, oh. just to keep everybody safe and make things a little bit easier for us. So it's possible that message has been sent to her, it sounds like. Possibly, possibly. Can't confirm or deny. Okay. Well, a lot of these fans uh, are coming from the metro area, but do you have any estimate of how many folks might show up from out of town, Brian? Uh, We actually have some great data from last year uh, and prior events that show uh, about two-thirds of people come from the Kansas and Missouri region region, and about one-third from sort of the 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 farther outskirts from there uh only about one third of people are coming from like the jackson county core of downtown area so a lot of people are coming uh from farther away driving cars finding places to park and that's why we are making sure that we've got enough transit available um and we've got parking rides the streetcar uh will be running except uh into union station Obviously, just because that's where everything's going to be blocked off. We've got parking rides that'll be running from uh, parking ride shuttles from 7 a.m. to 30 a.m. and then 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Um, we've got uh, the locations for those parking rides once coming from out of town. Well, there's going to be a lot of people out there, obviously. Uh, how are you going to keep them safe? What's Can you give me just a general overview of what the plan is to keep these folks safe and have a good time when they're downtown on Wednesday? Yeah, we're, we've got a lot of security protocols in place. We, we have KCPD officers uh, all along the route. Uh, we've got uh, officers from surrounding jurisdictions that will be in place as well, both uh, uh, in uniform and in plain clothes. We've got a lot of barricades and equipment that we're using to make sure that uh, uh, people can be safe and there are no issues with vehicles driving into the route, which we had an issue with a few years ago. And and uh, we'll be using our larger vehicles, our trucks and our snow plows and, and uh, larger trucks we've got all throughout the city to block off some of those routes to make sure there are any issues there. Uh, but really it's about communication and making sure people know where to go and when to be there. And if there's an issue, uh, who who people can talk to and, and, and what they should do. Okay, Brian, let's do this. Uh, your, your, your sound's uh, breaking up a little bit. Why don't you call in and we'll uh, get you rerouted back uh, with a better phone line here. Brian, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Sorry about that. Hello. That's, that's okay. You sound a lot better. So what's the okay, plan good. for people who might get separated during the course of this parade? I assume there'll be reunification centers like there were last year, Brian? Yes, absolutely. We've got reunification centers uh, all throughout the route in the region there. Um, and also places to call and, and, and maps and, and everything like that. Yeah, we're, we've got just so many people in place for any issue that we're going to have like that. So what's the plan for school this Wednesday? We're hearing that school has already been canceled in the Kansas City, Missouri school district. Are you going to see a lot of other students taking a red snow day, if you will? <laughs> you know, so for city employees, 
Uh, we're allowing anyone who wants to go watch the parade to take some time off to do so. We really want everyone to support our team and our chiefs and our city here. Uh, and, and, and we're assuming that a lot of students will probably do the same regardless of if schools are closed. Uh, we have heard, though, that some schools don't have enough extra days just because of all the snows we had to take this year, so they might not be able to close and they might be doing virtual. Uh, we're assuming that a lot of people are just going to be joining the parade regardless of if their uh, school is closed or not. You know, Brian, I can't help but think that because you've been down this road just within the last year that doing it again this February is a whole lot easier than it was the first time around. Am I right about that? It's easier and it's not. We've got our blueprint from last year, and we know exactly how to frame out and, and strategically place all of our resources. But the, 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 the other challenge is that so many more people want to be involved, want to be a part of it, want to join the parade, want to uh, uh, get involved and, and support. And so we're having a lot of additional things come into play. But, yeah, to your point, uh, it is kind of nice to be able to have done this a few times, to go through the ropes and plan for it. And this is something that we have to start working on, not – Last night, we start weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, we have to order equipment and make sure the people are in place. Uh, think about all of the communications materials that have been going out literally last night and this morning. We've been working on those for a long time, and so we're ready for it. And we're using last year's drafts and, and things that we've done and just building on that. So it's great for us in that we're learning from, uh, we're learning from how, they, how we've done it in the past. Hmm. What time do you expect people to start showing up to stake out their perfect seats along the route on Wednesday? Well, last year, I remember walking the route at five in the morning and there were people that were already there. There were wow. people that had pitched tents and, and were camping out. <laughs> if, with the, the Taylor Swift effect, we think is going to uh, amplify that tremendously. We think that people are going to be trying to camp out much longer uh, and maybe even the night before just to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift. Wow. Well, the parade falls on Valentine's Day this year. Have you heard anything from local businesses about how they're planning to navigate flower deliveries and dinner reservations and all that sort of thing? Yeah, one of the things that we're doing differently this year is, well, two things. Uh, we're shortening the route so it's a shorter parade and not uh, so it doesn't uh, cut up downtown and, and close it off completely for, from all the road closures. Uh, and we're also making sure that we clear out the parade route as quickly as we possibly can uh, in advance of uh, uh, the rally, just so we can open up downtown again. So we, we will be having our crews following the parade at the end of it, uh, walk, cleaning up, moving the barricades, cleaning up all the different streets, so that hopefully by one or two o'clock, uh, the roads, roads will be open again for, through most of downtown there, certainly north of Truman. And so we've actually been in touch with a lot of these flor flor uh, florists and other small businesses knowing that uh, this is going to be a challenge. It's, it's some small businesses' biggest day of the year, one of the biggest days of the year for business. And we want to be mindful of that. And we're trying to share with people, let's have Valentine's Week. Let's get out and do your Valentine's thing Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Don't skip it this year. Don't do something else. Uh, it's important for all of us to be a part of it. You know, it's not lost on me that taxpayers are going to have to shell out close to a million dollars for this year's parade, which is the most expensive it's ever been. Can you just briefly sort of outline where all that money goes? I assume most of it is for overtime for police, Brian, but how would you categorize it? It's, it's police overtime, it's uh, equipment, it's event management. We have to hire people to be sort of like ushers and, and move people around to the event. Uh, we have to buy uh, uh, rent fences and stands and 
and, and all that sort of stuff. There's so many things that go, it's, it's essentially like putting on a, a mini concert in a sense. And so there's all kinds of things we need to build and buy and rent uh, for this moment. The buses that the Chiefs ride on are not something that we own or, or have locally. Uh, those come from out of town. Last year they came from Chicago. I actually don't remember if they're coming from the same place this year. And they have to be wrapped with custom logos and, and driven here. And, and just think about just even the buses themselves being such an astronomical cost just from, just from that. Well, the, well, the taxpayers are forking out a, a million bucks for this parade. How much are the Chiefs pitching in, Brian? It's a little over a million on their side, and they've got some partners that they're helping, they're helping fundraise as well. And we're not just doing it on our own here. And, and also, to be fair, the city does benefit tremendously from things like this. Yes, there is an expense in this moment, but Chiefs winning the Super Bowl is so great for a city. So many people are talking about Kansas City. So many people want to come here, visit us. Uh, spend money in town. And so it really is a, a worthwhile investment for us. So once the parade reaches Union Station and there's that huge crowd right outside there on Pershing, is there going to be a musical performance of any kind before the players are, are introduced? You know, we're not totally sure exactly uh, what the format of the presentations will be, but certainly it'll be very, very similar to last year in that we've got all the players up there, uh, you know, a lot of congratulations. The, the Lombardi Trophy will, of course, be there with them. And so it'll be just the team celebrating on stage again. And what are you going to say in your speech, Brian? Oh, uh, they don't let me talk <laughs> things like this. <laughs> well, I think you should, Brian, given all the work you put in on these things. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it and support and, and, uh, and be a part of the team here. It's just such a wild moment. I, it's, just, it's unforgettable right now. It truly is. Well, I sure appreciate you taking time. Have a good flight back from uh, Vegas, Brian, and uh, always appreciate you uh, talking with us. Thank you so much, and go Chiefs for the last time this year. Sounds good. Thanks again. <laughs> See ya. We'll be right back. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. This is Up to Date from Championship City. I'm Steve Kraske. The Kansas City Chiefs have done it again in a nail-biting overtime win. It was the first Super Bowl held in Las Vegas. And joining us now is one of those lucky fans who scored tickets to the big game. Ashish Desai was formerly the vice president of sales at a tech company in the Kansas City area. And he's joining us now from Las Vegas. Ashish, welcome to Up to Date. Good to have you. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having, us, having me, Steve. Well, I've heard this was a bucket list experience for you. I hope it lived up to expectations in the first place. Did it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's a it's an amazing experience. It's just super unique to you know I go to other games, but uh, this this experience is unique. And I think one of the um, most unique factors is you're sitting with 
other fans that are from the opposing team. Mm-hmm. You know, while we're in the Chiefs section, we're sitting sitting next to 49ers fans. There's people in front of us, behind us. You're going to the bathroom with, you know, lots of 49ers fans. So unique experience. It was amazing, though. Uh, so good. What will you remember from the game 5, 10, 15 years from now? What what moments, what what will stand out to you? You know, there's, it's interesting when you're in the stadium and you're with, so there was a lot of really nice 49ers fans, by the way. And you know, when you're, it's kind of this collective experience. I think when, when the opposing team, cause at this level, you don't make a lot of mistakes, but when, when any, either team makes a mistake, you kind of, you know, you look at the other fans and you're like, Oh man, that's, that was critical. So I think a couple, um, you know, I, I think when we kicked the field goal at the or uh, when the 49ers had to kick the field goal uh, in overtime, a lot of us looked around and even the 49ers fans were like, ah, that's going to cost us. And, um, you know, I think the extra point that we missed uh, or, the, or the extra point that uh, the, the 49ers, 49ers missed, we blocked. Yeah. Yeah. The 49ers, yeah. That we all looked at each other. And I was like, that's going to that, I think that's going to be a critical miss. And then a few 49ers fans, you know, they were shaking their head in agreement and frustration. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So who did you see last uh, yesterday that will you'll remember? I mean, I I assume you saw a few celebrities. Oh, uh, man, I you know, I I didn't really see a a ton of celebrities. Um, The one thing I did notice is. So I get an update about Taylor Swift from my wife or my children <laughs> every every couple of days. Uh, and this one was kind of interesting because there was a point where uh, she was on the Jumbotron or, you know, the giant screen. And she was just she I think she was chugging a drink. And uh, there's folks at home that were messaging and they're like, hey, did you that's like, hey, did you guys see her like just drain that drink? And they're like, no, that wasn't on TV. So uh, I, I knew I knew that was unique. No one else saw that, but everybody in the stadium. So. Well, what's the story behind you getting tickets in the first place? Because I know you've described it being the right combination of luck, timing, and impatience too, Ashish. Yeah, so so I host uh, Super Bowl. Well, so pretty much all the playoffs and and some Chiefs games here and there, I'll host at my house. Um, and we have been doing this for years, you know, from my old neighborhood to the the current one. And we, you know, we're just kind of. Uh, we have a good energy um, in in the like it's just the basement of my house, right? And then so, um, yeah. So every year we you know we go to AFC or I say I, I hate even saying that it sounds so conceited, but every year you know we go to the <laughs> AFC Championship game and we all we're like, man, we got to go to the Super Bowl. You know, we're never going to get a chance like this. And so every year we kind of all had said you know something similar. Um, and I mean, you know, so a couple of years ago, I actually, um, I sold my company a couple of years ago and I, and I work for, um, uh, the, the private equity firm that owns the company that owns my former company. Um, and so then, uh, you know, a few months ago, I actually resigned. And so, um, you know, it was, uh, I love my job. I love my team, but I have, uh, it's been about a week of not, of not working and it's been, uh, you know, we're, I'm like a little more focused on experiences now just because, work was a lot. I mean, we, I did work a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, I, I told my wife and my kids that we'd take, you know, three, four months off to kind of just, you know, do things that are experiences. So when this opportunity came up, um, I convinced a, a couple of my business partners, uh, <laughs> that they had to go as well. Um, so oh, it was pretty fun. You. One of them, yeah, one of them, I actually bought the tickets and I just messaged him and I was like, hey, I've already bought you a ticket. So wow. you got you have to send me a, send me some money. <laughs> well, I know the prices were pretty steep. Can I ask how much you ended up spending to to head out there? 
Uh, yeah. So um, the tickets were thirteen thousand. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, it, I think the interesting thing about it is, um, I mean, uh, well, so you know, I didn't grow up wealthy. Um, so something like this, like, yeah, you're very conscious that not everybody gets to do it. Um, so throughout, you know, my friends and I, we, we were very, very aware that this is a unique experience and, you know, it's not something that we would, you know, do every day, but, you know, to, to understand that this is unique and, and, and not everyone gets to do it and appreciate it for that level. Um, the prices did fluctuate and I think we just never, we we're super nervous. So we just, we wanted to make sure we sat together. Right. Um, we did. We did coax our fourth friend, uh, a fourth friend who lives in our neighborhood, to to also uh, go with us, and he was monitoring the prices um, as they fluctuated, and he he actually got a significantly better deal. I think he was in like wow. the eight thousand range. Wow. Well, seeing the halftime show is often a highlight. Can I ask what, what did you think of Usher's performance? Oh, it was awesome. I'm so I'm a you know I'm a I was uh, '80s baby, but um, you know so I. I I just love Usher. And even actually when I bought the tickets, I had always, I was joking to people. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to the Usher concert in, in Las Vegas. And they're like, Oh, there's an Usher concert in Las Vegas. And some people would get the joke, but um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Alicia Keys came out. That was mm -hmm. awesome. I love Alicia Keys. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I feel like maybe on TV, it might've been um, a, a, you know, just a little better on the sound, but otherwise the, the experience and uh, yeah, Usher was amazing. Well, you said that your favorite game memory is the iconic 13 seconds overtime win in January 2022 against the Bills. I have to ask, does just being at the Super Bowl replace that? Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> really? I, really? You know, after, after that field goal, and the interesting thing is all the Chiefs fans were Im immensely confident after the, after the, the 49ers in overtime kicked the field goal and didn't get the touchdown. We all looked at each other and in my friends and I, and I, all the people we had made friends with, like in, in the stands were like, and even the 49ers fans are like, man, it is over. It's over. Like Mahomes is just gonna. And then, you know, he started running the ball a few times and we just marched down that field. That was, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll remember that. That, that was amazing. Well, that's Ashish Desai, who uh, a big Chiefs fan who was at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas yesterday. Ashish, thanks so much for taking a few minutes. Much appreciated. All right. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. And now we'll turn to KCR reporter Sam Zeff. He was out last night catching up with 49ers fans, really, watching the game uh, from here in Kansas City. Sam, always good to have you here. Good morning, Steve. So you were at the Fox and Hound Bar in Overland Park at a 49ers watch party is that a gathering spot for 49ers fans? Is that where they go? Well, you know, it is a rather uh, uh, rather new uh, gathering spot. There was a small gathering of people, and then they started a 49ers Facebook group, uh, and it grew to be over 100 people last night. And I do want to agree with Ashish here. This was a lovely group of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, That's uh, neat. I had, uh, I had a really uh, fun time uh, with them. And, uh, and and he's right uh, when he talked about uh, uh, the 49ers uh, missing that extra point. Uh, that was the moment that the energy drained completely really? out of the room. Really? And I think that they knew that in the second half – they were facing the firm of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed, uh -huh. uh, and that's not who you want to face after you've made a mistake like that. Uh, but other than that, though, it was nice. I mean, it, it's this weird sort of 
uh, 49er diaspora. And uh-huh. there's a bar like that almost everywhere. You know, we've done stories about the Chiefs Bar in Philadelphia. Right, sure. Uh, there is a KU bar called Tiffany's in St. Paul. And when I worked there, that's where I used to go to uh, be with my people mm-hmm. uh, to watch KU basketball. And so to see all these uh, people from... And they're 49er fans for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, But to come together, I think uh, every one of them uh, uh, thought that this was a much better place to watch the game uh, and even watch a loss uh, than, you know, crying in your beer at home. So they they sort of have to herd together in a city like Kansas City where the fan base is so rabid for the hometown team. I assume there's a real spree de corps among those 49ers fans. Oh, yeah. They were, uh, and by the way, there were Chiefs fans in another part of the uh, bar, and it was all. It's all very civilized, right? It's you know, it's Kansas City, right? This right. is not uh, <laughs> not uh, Philadelphia. This is not this is not Phil- this <laughs> not is, even close to Philadelphia. No, no, this is not Philadelphia, where the former mayor throws snowballs at Santa. This is just, <laughs> or they grease the poles, right? This is not that. So it was all very civilized, uh, and uh, and so when they there was an esprit de corps, and it was decorated, and everybody had uh, uh, their 49er gear on. There was a guy with a Colin Kaepernick uh, jersey really? on, right? And you so you had to like that guy. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I interviewed a woman and uh, she had uh, this thing that uh, on her head that uh, that I had to ask what it was. And she says, well, it's a golden nugget. Can't you tell? And I said, <laughs> no, no, not really. no, I didn't. Uh, uh, and she says, well, what do you think it was? And uh, and I and I was trying to, you know, not be uncouth. And I said, well, you know, when you go to the circus and there's somebody following the elephant around and then I think she, yeah, then I think she got it. But they were, uh, but she was very lovely and her whole family was there, her daughter, her grandkids, her mom. Uh, it was just a great big family well, gathering. In true Sam's uh, fashion, you still managed to be uncouth uh, despite yourself. Yeah. <laughs> just quickly, what did the 49ers fans say after the game was over and they had lost? Um, uh, there was just a sadness, right? I mean, th- there was no, there was no tailor Swift hating. There was no Travis Kelsey hating, but I think they felt as if the rug had been pulled out from under them, right? So they looked good in the first half, uh, and then they missed the extra point, and then you know the, uh, and then they go into overtime, and not a, and as I talked to people, not a one thought that they had uh, much of a chance. Well, missing an over an an extra point is always a death death knell in NFL. That's case you are Sam Zeff. Sam, thanks very much. You're welcome. The, the whole family of Kansas City and Cheese Kingdom is special. Um, Brittany's a great, a great wife with two great kids. I can't ask for anything better than this. Man. We're Super Bowl champs. Kansas City, I'll see y'all uh, at the parade. Let's do it, baby. I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Well, this is up to date on KCUR 89.3 from Championship City. A group of 10 senior Abdella Shriners and their partners have branded themselves geriatrics for Patrick to support the Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Although they're proud of the Chiefs winning streak, they're even more thrilled with how the team gives back to its community. The Abdella Shriners are a fraternal Overland Park-based organization, a branch of the larger Shriners International. The group founded Shriners Hospitals for Children, a network of nonprofit medical centers across the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Mahomes and other members of the Chiefs have made a point to visit and interact with patients at local children's hospitals. It's one reason why the geriatrics for Patrick say that the Chiefs are more than just a football team. Joining us today is Jeannie Horseman, the founder 
founding member of Geriatrics for Patrick and her husband, Jerry Horseman, who's been in Abdullah Schreiner for 66 years. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for taking some time with us today. Well, thank, thank you. you. Good to be here. So Geriatrics for Patrick is quite a name uh, here. Uh, I'm just wondering, how do you define geriatric and what age threshold do you have to hit, Jeannie, to participate in the group? Well, most of our group is um, 80 plus. 80 plus. And uh, of course, Jerry is the oldest. He's 91 now. Oh, you look we'll, great, Jerry. He'll be 91 yeah. in April. Yeah. And uh, so we were. we went to a movie to see... The 80s for Brady. 80 for Brady, And we right. were laughing so hard. We went with another couple that are our age and uh, good friends of ours. They're Shriners, too. All the people that we know are Shriners, all of our good friends. And I should say this is a movie that follows a group of seniors who are best friends, and they're huge right. Tom Brady fans. And we've fans. been watching football for many, many years. I mean, we've been a Chiefs fan for years. So when we came out of the movie, we were talking about it, and we said, boy, we need a name for our group. Because those old ladies were 80 for Brady. We said, yeah. what, what can we do? What rhymes with, you know, anything? We were trying to think of homes and all kinds of words and finally right. came up with generic geriatrics for Patrick. Yeah. And we laughed about it. And so now that's what they call us. But we're so funny. We had, we had, did have 10 members in our group and we've lost three. Mm. Uh, one moved away and then two of them passed away. Right. And, uh, but they're all, widows or widowers that belong in our group. However, they're all over 80. Well, Jerry, clearly that movie spoke to you guys pretty powerfully. Sure, <laughs> certainly did. Well, wh why did it? Well, it, uh, because we can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can relate to that. A real uh, connection. Eh? Yeah. What is it about Patrick Mahomes in particular that, that makes you such a super fan as opposed to somebody else on the team like Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones? Well, I think his, uh, his demeanor, uh, his... He's, he's so smooth, you know, and uh, he doesn't get really excited. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks to all the guys, uh, you know, just like uh, his brothers, you know, that which yeah. they are. Jeannie, but, have uh, you guys had a chance to meet Patrick Mahomes in person yet or to see him live on the field? No, I no. have not. Mm -hmm. uh, we've only watched him on television. I bet you but, want to see him at some point at the hospital or somewhere, right? It'd be nice. It'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. But uh, he's always welcome to come up to the shrine. Anybody is. And in fact, we were laughing about it last night. Said that, shoot, we could make anybody over 80 a, a geriatric for Patrick. It doesn't matter. They won't even give him a certificate. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, and do you have plans to track him down? No, but if they you can should. track us down, they can find us. Oh, you want you want them to come to you? Sure, well, that's sure. the attitude That'd to have. Be great. Well, uh, Jerry, on Super Bowl Sunday, the Abdullah Shriners hosted this watch party at uh, the Overland Park headquarters. What did the turnout look like? Well, I'm trying to think of the um, last night. You mean? Yeah, many? last night. Yeah. yeah, it was kind it of was, a poor uh, turnout. Really, we didn't have very many there last night, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, but we had the ones that were there, we were all having a ball. So yeah. it was yeah, fun. Very, and lots of good food and stuff. Yeah. They were very enthusiastic. I yeah. tell you, every time they did something, they got up and screamed and roared. And how, are you, how are you guys celebrating today? What are you going to do? Let's <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we were up late last night. <laughs> That's Jerry Adams for Patrick, live and in person here, Jeannie. Yeah, you just yeah. summed it up pretty well. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. 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 We have a good time, and that's what counts. 
You were up past your bedtime last night, though, yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, we past our bedtime. <laughs> Are you planning on going to the parade on Wednesday? Are you going to show up down there? No, we'll oh, watch come it on, on TV. Jeannie. We'll watch it on TV. Yeah. I bet, Jerry, you going to make a run for the parade? I don't She's holding know. you back. You got to let go <laughs> yeah. a little bit and go have some fun here. Yeah. Yeah. Logistically, what does it look like for the geriatrics for Patrick? Are you, is he, are you, do you ever go to the games together? You, you get together and watch the games together, Jeannie? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, every, yeah. every yeah. Sunday, Monday, whenever they're playing, we get together and watch the games. Yeah. All, usually at my house. Mm-hmm. And we'll have something to eat. And, and have we'll something to drink to a little bit, too. Then, <laughs> Jerry's yeah. making drinking motions off air here for, <laughs> on live radio. Well, the Adela Shriners have another big football event coming up in a few months. It's the 51st Kansas Shrine Bowl. Tell us more about it. Yes, we've been to those before. They're really nice. It's where the players from all around the Kansas City area, different high schools and all, Mm -hmm. they have different teams and they play against each other. And it's really nice. And it's, it's just a fun thing to do and it makes money for the Shrine. Yeah. Where's the game held every year? Different places. Mm-hmm. It's not always held in the same place. Yeah. And I don't even know where it's going to be this year yet. I haven't mm, figured it out. It could be Manhattan. Yeah. Jerry, that's a highlight for you every year going to, going to that Shriners Bowl? Yeah, we like to go because uh, it's very, you know, we like to go and support them and because uh, they do wonderful things for the uh for the community. Yeah. For the kids. Well the, yeah. well, the big question today is your hero, Patrick Mahomes, last night was saying they're going to come back and they're going to win it again next year. How much stock are you putting in that, Jerry? Oh, 100%. 100%? 100%. Yes. Yeah. Why do you think they can do it again? They're well, just, they've done it before. They're just mm. cut that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have experience. They and and you, you're somebody who appreciates experience, I guess. Yeah, you've I got have a lot of experience. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with experience, is no, there? No, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming in. That's Jeannie Horseman, the founding member of Geriatrics for Patrick, and her husband uh, Jerry Horseman. They've been uh, who's been an Abdullah Shriner for 66 years. Are you the longest ever that's been in that group? Are you the all-time no, record no, holder? No, I don't think so. Uh, there's other guys in there yeah more than 66 years no nah, not too many but uh somebody i know it's yeah, a few of them yeah well thanks for coming in and sharing uh in the celebration the chief's big win yesterday appreciate you both very much thank, thank you. you for having us yeah. i should not be left to my own devices up to date is a production of kcur 89.3 the program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancard, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.